Hello, and welcome to the Future Proof Podcast. This is our bi-monthly podcast where we uh, chat about stuff we're working on and anything cool we're planning. I'm Melissa. And I'm Gregory. And we have done a release. We finished. We've released all of the releases. <laughs> all the things. Of all of, of all the things. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we last recorded... The Rosette Diceless Companion was almost finished being released. Um, and I think maybe by the time we had published, uh, stuff had kind of been tidied up. But I uh, just want to say officially, all versions of the Rosette Diceless Companion that are going to exist in the world. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They're all out, as well as the original Diceless. So I think Kindle was one that was still kind of drifting out there. Um, with its weird approval processes and fixes and stuff. So uh -huh. RPG, Amazon, and itch.io all have all versions of the book they're going to have. So um, it's very exciting to be able to like close that out and say like, woo, just, you know, put a pen in it for a little while until we get to the other rosettes that do involve dice. But that's a while down the road. So yeah, Rosette Diceless and the Companion, you can mm -hmm. get in a bundle. There's an updated version of Rosette Diceless. Mm -hmm. And yeah, physical, PDF, ebook. Yep. So we said we had released all the things. So we've also released a couple things on Exploit Zero Day. Yeah, so Exploit Zero Day, it's our puzzle game. You play it in the browser, you can make your own puzzles, and every puzzle that you're Hacking is one that every puzzle you're solving is one is a computer system you're hacking into. <laughs> uh, and also, when you make a system, you're making a puzzle for other people to play. And in the fiction of the game, you're kind of contributing to this weird, I guess, insurance fraud thing that mm -hmm. these these uh, hacktivists are doing in order to kind of drain money away from an evil corporation in order to help other people. And we wanted to encourage making systems you know in part because it's it's fun and in part because like that helps keep the game going where right. where people are making puzzles for other people and it kind of lets us see what's what do people consider interesting about puzzles mm -hmm. you know what did if they come up with some concept can we incorporate that inspiration into our own work all that so we have released a job which is like a, a quest in the game to make yourself a home cluster and uh, it starts off with saying hey make a, a real little cluster of puzzles and then once you've done that it gives you a little reward and is like and hey when you get around to it make an even bigger one and you'll get another reward mm -hmm. and so it's just a little encouragement and reminder for folks to to make their own stuff um, it's totally optional I don't think it unlocks anything no, um, yet. but it it gives a little bit of incentive too if you haven't checked out puzzle creation or you didn't realize that you could do it go ahead and do it yeah so it's sort of a, a tutorial in addition to to being a, a cool feature of the game that we wanted to kind of show off i think yeah. one of the reasons that people wander away from exploit zero day is that there are lulls in which you know in which people are not making puzzles and not making clusters and so by having sort of a, a job to encourage people to do so, and they will do so at their own pace, it hopefully, you know, helps incentivize folks to uh, to come back and see what's new. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a 
we always do it at a at a slow pace, but um, we've recently put out a new puzzle cluster of our own as part of a job in Headless Swarm. That's right. So Headless Swarm, our ongoing uh, sort of quasi-early access, I mean, I guess it's early access, even if we don't call it that, um, our paid season of story for Exploit Zero Day has, we'll have a total of about sort of nine main jobs. And we've talked mm. about how we were pretty close to finishing the eighth one. Uh, and finishing the eighth means that we released the seventh. So job seven, which is actually called RFC 1149. I'll leave that to listeners to Google <laughs> and or maybe check the show notes, is out and available for play. So Headless Swarm, like I said, it's our, you know, everything in EZD is free except for this paid season of story so far. And Headless Swarm is about five bucks US dollars and is an entire story arc. And so we will be starting on the development of the ninth and final job soon, at which point we'll be wrapping this puppy up and putting a bow on it and calling it done. So that's yeah. very exciting. Job seven takes place in an airport. Uh, it's you're, uh, you're working on on hacking into an airport's uh, traffic control and otherwise systems in order to protect it from a drone attack. Yeah. So yeah, if you play Exploit Zero Day, you already have kind of an invite from the main person who sort of runs these jobs or sort of introduces you to this dilemma. You already have a, a job in your inbox for that. You can just buy it right off the site. You know, Exploit Zero Day is not on Steam or anything like that. So everything is on exploitzeroday.com. Yeah, and if you haven't checked it out yet, um, there's an entire season of free story that you yes. can play through that's does a whole bunch of, of story and puzzles and so on to solve. And you can use that to decide if you want more and want to play Headless Swarm. Mm-hmm. Pretty good writing, I think we did on that one. I think we did good, yeah. <laughs> um, and then also on the Exploit Zero Day front, so we've been doing, or we did something behind the scenes that was a pretty hefty lift um like we were so we were playing for this i was like oh we haven't done like any like huge releases on ezd since the last podcast but that is because <laughs> we have been working on a little bit of a doozy of a thing to to implement and test yeah this one's big uh if we did it right you will notice no difference <laughs> and uh it is it's entirely under the hood but it's it's an important thing so the, the techie people will know, in the audience will know, uh, how much of a big deal a kind of major schema refactoring is. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll try and make it uh, not too technical and hard to, hard to get, but um, in Exploit Zero Day, we've got, and this is pretty typical of, of an architecture for a lot of things, we have the concept of a user and the concept of an account. And so we've got, like, in the code, we've got users who are like, each, each player of the game has a user and an account. And the user is where we should be storing the data about, like, what's your password? And, or, you know, we don't store your password, but what's, how do we figure out if you've got the right password? And, uh, you know, are you able to log in via Twitter and stuff like that? And then the account model is where we should have always been storing kind of game-specific things that don't have to do with, like, logging in and managing who you are, but instead are like, what's your handle in the game, and what puzzles do you have? It's like a profile on another site, right? Like, you yeah, often yeah. it would be like, what's your display name, right? Like, that kind of, like, yeah. 
user-facing, public-y sorts of stuff. In fact, it is the stuff that other users see about you. Yeah. Theoretically, I think, nothing nothing in your user should be visible to anyone. It's only your account that, that the rest of the game is dealing with. And we just muddied the waters a little bit when we were initially developing the game. We just kind of weren't didn't quite have the full vision of things. And so in some cases, like, the the badges you'd earned were earned by the account whereas the jobs that you did that you were engaged you were employed in in order to earn those badges the user was employed in instead of the account yeah and so there are all sorts of places where we were using users when we knew we should be we know for a while we should have been using accounts but switching that stuff over is just a pain Mm -hmm. it's a whole lot of work just to make sure we cover all of the bases, make sure everywhere where it says .user, it says .encount instead, um, all that stuff. There's a huge database migration that's required. <laughs> we think... It's very scary. Yeah, we think we've got all that squared away. Our test environment is working mm-hmm. fine. And so sometime soon, maybe like tomorrow as of recording, yeah, maybe... maybe uh, or Saturday. But but sometime within the next week or three... Um, we're going to take a big backup of everything, make sure we've got everything stored away so that we can just restore back to where we were, and then we're going to gonna run this, and if everything goes well, no one will ever notice because we'll have hooked everything up properly, and think, I think the only difference is, like, uh, there's one or two places in the in the code that if you, like, look into the, the source code, you'll notice that a different alphanumeric string was used to represent you than, than it was before. So, yeah kind of one of the one of the reasons we went ahead and tackled this um because on the one hand you could say like well we'll just keep Mm -hmm. going forward the way we should go right like put things on account on the profile kind of side of things but as we're looking at ezd like this is kind of our final alpha Mm -hmm. set of changes um and that that is a heavy lift of something to do in a beta phase just like just sort of psychologically, when you think of what happens in an alpha version of a game versus what happens in a beta version of developing something. Yeah, if we're adding a whole lot of new features with stuff still messy. Exactly. So kind of going into beta with a, a clean slate on some of this technical debt that we know how to clear up and that we know exists. Like, so there's some that we don't know. <laughs> we're going to yeah. find something uh, or something that, you know, that's not worth tackling. But um so yeah, it's kind of a relief to have it done. It'll feel it'll feel even better once it's released, and you know we haven't missed anything major like forum sign-ins or something. Like I don't know, there's, there's a long hmm. regression checklist that I work through as a as a tester when I'm testing. So hopefully we caught everything, and hopefully that will go out soon, possibly after or before this podcast makes it out. Yeah, and if you are playing exploit zero day and you run into something totally weird that you can't figure out why it's doing it let us know info at futureproofgames.com or there's actually there's a report bug button on every page there's like a little little bug symbol you can you can click i think it's down in the footer and uh it's either in the footer or at the top it's not one of those things and just just report that and let us know and we'll we'll get that fixed yeah thank you if you do uh i mean we hope you don't but we do appreciate uh, yeah bug reports quite a bit so yeah uh so lots of ezd talk this time um that has i mean that's our focus after rishazette diceless companion so 
here we are. But you can find all of our stuff over at futureproofgames.com. Um, we're over on Twitter at Play Future Proof and on YouTube as Future Proof Games, which is where we archive our um, Twitch streams. There's also a video version of this, which you may or may not be observing now. Um, <laughs> you can hit us up with questions or comments uh, over on the blog or anywhere on social media. Our theme music is Juparo by Broke for Free, which is used with permission. Thank you.